Good morning, and peace be with you. Please take out the insert in your bulletin and take a look at that at your leisure, but I will point out to you the right column, worship music, and take a look at that and let us know, Ashley or me, probably Ashley because she remembers things, but uh, uh, if you have any uh, worship music that you'd like to hear, um, please let us know. Keep in mind, some, some of the versions that we play um, have to be uh, what they call a cover now, I guess. Uh, the original artists, uh, Facebook has this thing called an algorithm. You hear that word a lot now. And they can flag uh, music just that's coming through our speakers and say, you don't have uh, license to use that. And actually we do uh, pay money for licensing uh, for uh, some music. And, um, you know, so anyway, that's, that's kind of where we're at. So if you pick something um, from a mainstream, the most popular artist of the day, then it's probably going to get flagged. Now, now I go and say, hey, tell me what music you like, but make sure it isn't popular. I, let me just kind of take my eraser. That's how I think. I just like throw things out. I go, yeah, I don't mean that. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear. And we'll try to find a way to put it so that the Facebook um, wardens don't flag it and we get to listen to it. But we'll get to hear it in here anyways, okay? So that's the first thing. Then 60 years of blessings we're going to be uh, celebrating here. And that is getting close. Sit and be fit. We have Tuesday Bible studies, lunch with Pastor Ken this week on uh, Wednesday, and uh, men's Bible study every Saturday morning. Uh, we have a council meeting this coming Saturday, food boxes that are out there. We can always, uh, you know, take more, and mark your calendars because Reformation Sunday, which uh, it's kind of, you know, in the, in the name here is we're celebrating on the 31st of October, wear red, and we celebrate uh, our rich heritage as Lutherans. So uh, that's about that. We um, have a project. I need prayer. I need your assistance uh, in mind, and that is painting of the social hall building all on the outside. And then on the inside with the bathrooms and that, that main kind of area outside of Ashley's office, the kitchen, um, we have uh, asked and solicited bids. We have one. Um, and we did a walk around with uh, several of the guys on council yesterday. Um, and we have some questions and so forth uh, on that. One of the things that we... Uh, would like to have you consider, and that is that we use some monies that we had appropriated for other things in order to paint. And uh, if you'd like to know more about that, then uh, come and talk to me during the week or uh, on this next Saturday at the uh, council meeting. Um, but we have a bid, and uh, it's a pretty good number, but it's a big number. So just your prayers uh, and your uh, input on that uh, would be appreciated. So we'll get started without further ado. Our opening hymn is Jesus' Name Above All Names. Jesus' 
Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, And by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And we justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called an ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Merciful Father, your patience and loving kindness towards us have no end. Grant that by your Holy Spirit we may always think and do those things that are pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first read is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, and can be found on page 4 in the Pew Bible. Uh, learning about our ancestors often helps us understand ourselves. Adam and Eve, our first ancestors, were the highlight of God's creation and the reason that God made the world. Genesis 2, 18 through 25. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, 
no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. We'll read Psalm 128 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. This psalm is called the Marriage Prayer because it's often sung at Israelite marriages. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. The next reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 1 through 18, and can be found on page 1823 in the Pew Bible. Hebrews was written to the Jews who were evaluating Jesus or struggling with this new faith of Christianity. The message of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Christianity is superior. Hebrews 2, 1 through 18. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so, such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, but which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect, through which he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. 
I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Mark chapter 10, verses 2 through 16, and it is found on page 1570 of your Pew Bible. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, when they were in the house again, The disciples asked Jesus about this, and he answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Now people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And truly I tell you, anyone 
who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So, as you listened, as we listened to today's gospel, we heard Jesus and the Pharisees debate the subject of divorce. And divorce has been a problem in all of the ages, throughout all the ages, and and throughout all cultures. And it is an ongoing situation that still affects our society today. And some among us have experienced the pain of divorce personally. And all of us know divorced people. And none of us, none of us are immune to the effects of divorce on society. Now I imagine you, most of you, have heard of the statistics that approximately half of all marriages end up in divorce. And a more surprising statistic tells us that the divorce rate is slightly higher among Christians than the population in general. And this statistic can make more sense when we take into account that many of the couples that split up never married in the first place. Young people who decide to live together will often say, our marriage will probably end up in divorce anyway. Why get married in the first place? And they assume that it is natural for marriages to fail. And it is fairly obvious that divorce is just as relevant today as it was in the Bible during those times. Now the culture in Jesus' day, well, they did, say, they did something that we still do today. And that is, they tried to rationalize a permissive attitude toward divorce. And when Jesus referred the Pharisees to Moses, they came up with a passage from Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. And part of this teaching on divorce reads as follows. When a man takes a wife and he marries her, 
If then she finds no favor in his eyes, because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, and she departs out of his house. So this law, this law required the husband to write down how his wife had violated her wedding vows and that he had found some indecency in her. And there was a great debate, huge argument over what that the indecency could be to justify the divorce. Get this. During Jesus' day, when he made this astounding proclamation to his disciples in in their own home, this was the legal opinion. That it could be something as trivial as burning a meal or gaining too much weight for divorce. And today, we have no-fault divorce laws or irreconcilable differences that do more or less the exact same thing. Now, these Pharisees, though, these Pharisees, they had violated one of the basic rules for understanding any book, and especially Holy Scripture. What is that? Well, I'm going to tell you. And that is, you've heard this before, Scripture interprets Scripture. Amen? Okay. Instead of debating among themselves what that passage in Deuteronomy meant, they should have looked elsewhere in the books of Moses for clarification. Then they would have found the passage that Jesus quoted from Genesis. Jesus said this, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. He quoted today's Old Testament reading from Genesis. And then he reminded his listeners that this was God's original plan. God's plan. And then later, when Jesus and his disciples were alone in the house, he added this to his teaching. And that's when he said this, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And it is obvious by this statement exactly what Jesus thinks about divorce. He's against it. Now, there are many reasons that God holds marriage in such a high regard. And so he condemns divorce. And because of time, I have enough time to talk about one of them today. So I will focus on what is mentioned in our Lutheran book of worship here on page 202, 
in regards to marriage. And in that green book, you will see that it says that they, rejoicing in all your gifts, may at length celebrate with Christ the marriage feast that has no end. In marriage, we see a picture of the communion between Christ and his bride. And who is the bride of Christ? You is. The church is. His bride, who he loves. Okay, now hold on to that. One of the most powerful images of the Holy Christian Church is the vision that the Holy Spirit gave to John the Evangelist. In Revelation 21, 9, he records this. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Now, when you consider how beautiful every bride looks, to her groom as her father presents her for marriage. Consider how beautiful we, the church, will look to Christ as God the Father presents us to him. Beautiful bride. Now the members of the church were not always that beautiful. In fact, at one time, not one of us were members of the Bride of Christ. So in effect, we had all given our certificate of divorce to God and sold ourselves to sin. We took up residence in sin's brothel and we became sin's filthy playthings. We became sin's slaves for life because we divorced ourselves from God. And Christ grieves deeply when the members of his beloved bride are unfaithful. God's expression of grief is much too graphic to speak to young ears that are here or listening online. So I would ask you, the mature of you, to read about God's grief in Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16 and his grief in Jeremiah 3. Because there what you will find is this, that God expresses his grief as though he was a husband coming home to find his wife in the arms of another man. That is his grief. He is betrayed by the filth of our sin. And every time we break any of God's commandments, we break the first one. We fear 
We love and we trust someone or something more than we fear. We love and we trust him. And before we can violate his ordinances, we must first violate him. And before we can despise his word or his name or his creation, we must first despise him. And every time we sin, we try to place ourselves above God. And every time we sin, we tell God that we want a divorce. Now, fortunately for us, God is not a God of divorce. But he is a God of reconciliation. And he does not seek to remove members from his bride. But he wants to bring members into her. He prepared a bold sacrifice that reconciles us to him forever. And he saw that we were slaves in a perverted marriage to sin. And he knew that the only legal way to break up a marriage, even a perverted one, is through death. And so he found a way. He found a way to kill us so that we could have a new life. First, he took on human nature. And he lived under the law, and he kept it perfectly. He was totally faithful to God. And then he took our filthy sin into himself so that he could suffer all the painful results of our divorce from God. And he allowed mere men to beat him and to hang him from a cross until he experienced death. And then finally, he conquered death and he returned to life. And he beat a pathway through death into life. And now he has ascended back to his father and he prepares a place for us, his bride. Now after Christ completed his work, it became our turn to die. And all of us who are members of the Holy Christian Church have already died. Paul reminds us when he writes to the Romans in Romans 6, 3 through 4, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Through the water combined with God's word, we become part of Christ's crucifixion. And the Holy Spirit washes away the ugliness of sin and fills us with beauty, with the beauty of Christ's righteousness. And we are now, as according to Romans 6.11, dead to sin and alive in God 
in Jesus Christ. And because we are dead to our sin, our perverted marriage to sin is over. Because we are alive to Christ. But now we are a member of his bride, the church. And we are now ready for God, the Father, to present us in all purity and nobility to his beloved Son. Now, in biblical times, the groom would pay the bride's family for the privilege of marrying their daughter. And this payment was called a bride price. And Jesus Christ has paid the bride price in his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. He has paid the ultimate bride price for us. And we are priceless. We are priceless in his eyes. We are members of the most beautiful bride in this or any other universe. And one day, the groom will appear and he will take his bride home to live with him forever. And on that day, all those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will come with joy to the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb. And all those who believe will celebrate. For in heaven we shall be reconciled to God forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Oh
you please stand if you're able? Let us together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, we gather this morning to praise your holy name as Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another week of uncertainty, fear for our nation's future, and worry about, well, just about everything. We pray that you would silence or expose those whose lies surround us, and especially in our government and in our schools. Please help us open the eyes of our children to the deceit that so easily tempts them to sin and twists their understanding of your commandments. Thank you for constantly reminding us that we need not fear because you are in control of the world, even where Satan seems to rule. We're truly sorry that we have such trouble trusting that you love us unconditionally. You stand with us at all times and you protect our souls for eternal life with you. Your mercy towards us is unimaginable, especially when we consider that even though we trust people we don't know and have never met, to take us in a metal tube five miles above the earth at nearly the speed of sound, and don't worry that they will guide us safely to our final destination. Yet we fail to trust you, the creator of our very being, and in fact, the entire universe. You who are all-knowing and all-powerful, who never lies, who is the truth and always keeps promises. We are so sorry for our shallowness and selfish behavior and yet so thankful that you love us always. Thank you for causing your word and the constant failures of human wisdom to be written down in Holy Scripture for our benefit. Help us to spend more time reading and listening to your word and less time focusing on our own personal understanding of what we think about life's troubles. Because of your great mercy towards your faithful in this land that you have provided us, we are bold to ask that you save us from the evil forces surrounding us. There seems no end to the hate and destruction perpetuated by the faithless in our society. There are messages delivered in the mainstream media, social media sites, schools, and universities, and by politicians who are very clever and seek to entice naive younger people and some older people into believing false doctrine, both secular and religious. Their numbers seem to grow 
as Christians fade into the background. Holy Spirit, embolden us to stand resolute against those who attack our Judeo-Christian values that come directly from our Lord and seek to destroy our nation. Grant us wisdom and strength and resolve in, the, in our interactions with our enemies and protect us from their relentless attacks. Holy Spirit, thank you for our faith in our Savior Jesus. We trust in our heavenly future with him and can find peace within our faith, but you know our anxiety and fear during our time on earth. Please show us your almighty presence in our lives so that our fears turn to joy and contentment in the security you provide. Lord, please protect this small congregation of faithful Christians. Help us to shine as an example to others who don't know yet your saving grace. God Almighty, we pray for a solution to the various viruses and diseases threatening our world. Please guide us towards a solution to the harm being imposed on our citizens and those of the rest of the world. Holy Spirit, help us and those we have elected to cast off greed for power, wealth, and control over others. Help us all to be truthful rather than deceptive and bring us peace with each other. Please, Lord, humble the proud among us and cause us to temper our anger towards one another. Thank you for our nation and the freedoms we enjoy as citizens, especially the freedom to worship you as you commanded. Our freedoms are under attack, and we pray that we are wise enough to recognize the many blessings you have provided, and will be willing to sacrifice our complacency to ensure the blessings of future generations we pray for the safety of our military members, police, and firefighters. Please continue to shield all of them from harm and keep them honorable in the performance of their dangerous professions while serving others. We pray for those entering or attempting to enter our country illegally. We understand desperation and witness the pain and struggles families face who have been lured into dangerous journeys to reach our borders. We see the damage our foolishness has caused, but don't know how to stop it. Please, Heavenly Father, protect the innocent and provide us wisdom in finding a solution to this self-imposed disaster. Thank you, Holy Father, for protecting those who travel and take vacations from the troubles of our daily lives. Please cause their souls to be refreshed. Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Please give us patience to await your answers when your timing is perfect. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. 
for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for and ever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This is, as you've heard said, a foretaste of the feast to come. That feast is the feast of the Lamb, of his bride to his bride. That's the feast that we've been invited to as those who claim him, name him, confess him as the Lord and Savior of all, the Son of God, the one that he so loved the world that he gave, that those who are unfaithful, those that wanted a divorce from God. He didn't hand them their walking papers. He didn't hand you or me walking papers. He pursued you. And this is a foretaste 
in the new covenant of his blood, of that feast that saves you, that rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. Come, the table is prepared, and the ushers will bring you up.
That was a hard teaching. And for those who would like to discuss it further with me, um, I will be available this week or any time for you, and we'll discuss it. And we will use Scripture to interpret Scripture. The main point is, He chose you. And he chose me, despite our unfaithfulness. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Closing him is... What a friend.
we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in Anywhere we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in